Welcome to the Root Interview Specials of Iron Man Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, so welcome along to the Wrote Interview Specials of Iron Man Talk, uh, probably brought to you by coffeesofhawaii.com and athlinks.com. Um, I'm actually recording this before the interview, so I mean actually before race day, so if you're thinking that this is going to be about my race, well I don't really know what's going to happen yet, so um, now I'm not sure when I'll get that show up about the race up because um, on Tuesday when I normally release the show I'm going to be travelling from uh, Rote through to LA, so I'm putting this one up today to represent this week's show, and then maybe next week we'll get onto it. If you want to see my race report, I'm going to chuck a race report on Athlinks uh, when I can get on the internet after the show, so, um, I mean, after the race. So if you want to get on, see how I did my race and what happened as the day kind of goes on, um, just go to athlinks.com and check out my profile. I'm sure you're a friend of mine on Athlinks by now anyway. So in today's show, we had two interviews. I managed to get together with... Uh, an athlete who actually started out in Christchurch a few years ago called Chris McDonald. Now he's a up-and-coming pro, and he's been a pro for a few years now, and he's doing quite well for himself. He just got fifth in uh, Eagleman, and uh, he's had a, quite a few good results over the last couple of years. So he's just trying to build up to the next level, and it was just a really good insight on what it's like for maybe a second-tier pro. Um, Chris is a really great guy, and... Uh, mean on the bike and pretty strong runner nowadays too and nice thing about Chris is as you'll hear in the interview is that he started out not as a swimmer at all he says in the interview well I'll let you hear it but basically he's really worked hard to become a pretty good swimmer the second interview we have is with Thomas Hellregel. Um I managed to find him at the calf I said mate do you want to do an interview and I don't think he really knew what was happening but um he jumped on in we got together for about 20 minutes just had a bit of a yarn with him uh, a bit of a legend in the game and he had some really good insight into the way he thinks, um, I'm sure you find that pretty interesting as well. So let's get straight into it. We're going to start off with Chris, and here it is right now. All right, guys, so next to me I have Chris McDonald, who's an Australian boy, but uh, he used to actually live in Christchurch and, uh, a few years ago. How long ago was that? Uh, left Christchurch in end of 04, beginning of 05. And Christchurch yeah. is where you started at your triathlon? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, mm-hmm. back in the day I used to train for him a little bit, he used to smack the crap out of me. I remember one day I stayed with you on the bike, and I remember that day fondly, but it's about the only day I stayed with him. <laughs> and, uh, and he basically, what do you want to start off? A bit of your history, mate. Well, how did it all start for you? Uh, started for me, I moved to Christchurch for work um, and got friendly with Scott Molina um, and ended up good friends with him. And uh, between him and him and Gordo, we... Uh, I just ended up taking up tries and a bit of bike racing and so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm. And uh, so you started out in, it was originally the Olympic tries, wasn't it? You yeah. yeah. Uh, just did the, the local Canterbury yeah. Christchurch Olympic distance tries. Uh, my brothers, I have two brothers, and one of them did an Ironman and sibling rivalry said anything he can do, I can do better. <laughs> uh, yes, I went from there. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and so so then you went into you competed as an age grouper, and I remember mm-hmm. you did a sub nine as an age grouper, didn't you? Yeah, in uh, at Ironman New Zealand in yeah. 04, in two thousand four. Yeah, just under under Scott's tutelage, and yeah. still still working in a business in Christchurch, and just ducked under the nine hour mark, and yeah, that was, was it. Pretty awesome as an age grouper, like sub nine uh, as an age grouper. Yeah, it, it was it was cool, really cool. Uh, there's a it's a bit. It was lucky for me that I uh, I was a mass start in New Zealand and, yeah. and still is. 
so I actually got to, to cross the finish line in the, in the top 10, which was something special. Wow. Um, but nowadays there's more and more um, split, starts. split starts. So it's, uh, I, I wish a lot more people who are, who are racing amateur could get that same feeling yeah. of, of crossing the line in the top 10. They may have the time to say they're there, but there's nothing like crossing the line in whatever position in the in the top 10 you're in uh, yeah, yeah yeah so so at that stage you know you're obviously a pretty awesome athlete the next step was pro was it a hard decision or was it like the obvious step um it wasn't so much a hard decision i i kind of i'd had thoughts of it beforehand and uh, then the result in new zealand was was certainly i felt like i i had the goods to give it a go at least yeah. um and i met my wife to be that year Marilyn um, who was Canadian and we decided to, to both, so yeah, yeah. Um, we both decided to just go pro together and jump in head first and yeah. either sink or swim wow. <laughs> so, so like life wise you had get out of your work yeah basically sold everything sold wow. everything I owned sold my business sold car the works packed, wow. packed a bag and a bike box and what didn't fit in there I left behind <laughs> <laughs> you can pick it up later. Yeah. Hey, so now you've been a pro for how long? Uh, that was in '04, so going on, th- years. yeah, going on three years as a professional athlete. Oh. Yeah. And so uh-huh. when it first started out, how, what was it like to kind of go into the depths of you know, kind of a secure life into being you know, an, uh, like a new pro? To be honest, it was. I had a little bit of money behind me from selling everything I owned. Yeah. Um, so that first year. I stumbled through and wasted a hell of a lot of that money I had yeah. just through, you know, beginner mistakes and travelling a lot. And uh, but but it was well worth it. I I would never trade it for the world. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was a, a decision well made. And so, yeah. what lessons did you learn then? Um, just to not travel so much. I got wrapped up in travelling to different places and spending a month to six weeks training somewhere, then move on for another six to eight weeks and to and fro from Europe and back to Australia and New Zealand yeah. and uh, just wasted a lot of lot of money and uh, learning that you just really need to get yourself in a solid base, find your training routes and, and really go for it. Yeah. Just so much time travelling, you lose a lot of training time. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. and the cost yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So do you, so nowadays, what do you do? You base yourself? I'm based between Australia again now, um, hometown of Albury, uh, just yeah. a little little place. Um, and I spend probably six to seven months of the year there, yeah. and the other either five or four, five or six months in Boulder. And from from Boulder, I just travelled two races from there. Yeah, so yeah. your races are reasonably close. And yeah, and it, it's there's a major hub at the at the Denver airport, and it's relatively cheap to fly out of, and it's really close to Boulder, so it's it's easier place to travel from. So, so what's um what's the ultimate goal? You know, like you've obviously come into this and you got the vision of achieving something pretty big. What's what's if Chris McCormick, Chris McDonald gets in of his career? What's the? Uh, yeah, well, I gave myself five years when I okay. when I took it up full time. I I said you can said to myself you can struggle as much as you like for five years yeah. and and if you're not getting by and making a a living so to speak um, after five years, then just reevaluate. Yeah. Um, and it's, I'm making you know steps towards that, yeah. so it's it's certainly on its way, and I've I've got till 2009 to <laughs> to actually uh, fulfil that, and um, yeah, I definitely see see beyond there, and ultimate goal is just to be to become you know one of the the names in the sport, if you want to call it yeah. that, or uh, someone that you know can show up at a race and be considered to win. Yeah. yeah. So um, 
One thing John and I talk a lot of on the show is the money mm. in the sport is pretty average. Um, uh-huh. You know, like, sure, maybe Chris McCormick, I think uh-huh. you guys, the name's confused, yeah. but sure, the top level guys yeah. can make, you know, as you were saying yeah. earlier, you are saying top 10 guys in Hawaii can make a living from it. Uh-huh. But under that, there's just not a lot of money, you know. Uh-huh. How's that for you? Uh, it's a, a definite frustration in the sport. Like, um, the the top, there's probably 20, 15 to 20 guys and maybe 5 to 10 females in the sport, in the world. Yeah that make a true living that they can retire off of. Yeah. Um, everyone, there's kind of a second tier under there that make a living to get by just from the sport. Yeah. And then the third tier that are, are racing professionally but still working full-time. Yeah. Um, and, it, I mean, you can compare it to a million other sports and, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. There's a, a foggy line at the moment between, in Ironman distance, between professional and amateur um, you know, some some amateurs are, are working less than people who are racing professionally. Um, so it's just a, you know, like if you can, if you're in the top 25 in the world or top 30 in the world in lawn bowls, for argument's yeah, yeah. sake, you make a good living. Yeah, yeah. Um, poker. Yeah, poker. You make millions of dollars. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's a, a definite frustration, but there's. There's races that are are starting to you know pay more prize money. There's the new new seventy point three series, new one hundred one series in the US. Um, It's it's growing, and the you know the participation of the sport is is massive now. So hopefully it can only get better. That's for sure. Mm. Yeah. And so you when you when you're playing your season, you're playing your season. How do you go about planning your season? Uh, For me, uh, a lot of most um, most of my sponsors are based out of the USA. Um, you know, with some some really good ones back home. So yeah. I split my season there, just US and Australia. Yeah. Um, and obviously we're in Europe now, but you know, make the the odd trip across here um, yeah. for high profile races. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just try to to base high profile races in the US to, to get good exposure. Yeah. Um, so really, is just about getting your face out there more. Yeah, in a yeah, way. Yeah, in, totally. And most of the the big races have good prize money, which for for a second tier pro. Um, prize money is a big factor yeah. um, in in it, um, mm. so it's not all all sponsorship based. Which a lot of the the top ten, fifteen guys is yeah. prize money is more a you know a bit yeah. of a bonus. It's a sponsorship based uh, yeah. income. Yeah. Do you get like you're Australian, and um, I know you get a bit of a following in Australian <laughs> magazines and stuff. Is that really good for you? Like, is it totally? Yeah, um, yeah, it, it really helps. I mean, at the, at the end of the day. Um, when you're looking for sponsorship, you're a, a marketing tool for a certain company, mm. product, whatever yeah. it may be. Representing it. Yeah, yeah, and the more exposure you you get the, the business or the product, yeah. um, the better off you are, yeah. basically. Mm. Yeah. And you've got to sell your little niche markets, don't you? Yeah, totally. Um, uh. Are there any like frustrations other than the money thing? Obviously, are there any other frustrations of the sport? Is it- um, uh, there's, I mean, uh, a few. There's, like I said, touched on earlier, just that foggy line between professional and amateur yeah um it makes it really hard to um to define yourself as a professional like you it makes the sport unique that that everyone gets to race together yeah which is fantastic but it also that's also what creates that foggy line between mm. amateur and professional um where you know the, the sport struggles to to go to the next level mm. for basketball golf tennis everything like that the professionals are definite there's a qualification standard, and then once you've reached that standard, you're you're a professional and you play on a different field, so to speak. Mm. Um, that's, I mean, it's a 
six of one, half dozen of the other, you mm. know what I mean? It's what makes the sport special, um, but it's also what's what's making it harder for professionals to make a living. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've kind of gone on the negative side, yeah. let's look on the positive, you know, yeah. like it's, what's the lifestyle like? You know, obviously you've gone from being a working man, you know, yeah. you're not, you haven't done the traditional <laughs> route where you've been the athlete your whole life. Uh-huh. Sure, I'm sure you did that sport, uh-huh. but, you know, you've gone from being, you know, more the working man to taking to being a professional athlete. What's, yeah. what's the positives? Like, like you said, but, I mean, it's not all negative. There is yeah. certain things uh, that get you down, but overall... Um, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It, uh, you know, making even if you're just making a lifestyle right through your, your 20s and early 30s. Yeah. You know, it's. Um, I was working full time in a construction, you know, building industry job in New Zealand. Yeah. And uh, just the thought of of now, like we're sitting in in Germany, and uh, yeah. people people save, you know, for half the year or you know several years to come on a holiday to to Germany, and I find myself in France or Germany or the US or you know all these different places yeah. and I, I often kind of have to pinch myself and say wow you know this is this is pretty cool yeah um, a definite way to, to see the world and, and have a blast doing it yeah, yeah. what about um, like as, as racing side what are the things you love about the race uh, just the nervous tension uh, yeah. before the race the you know the training that goes into it um, but but during the race just that for for me, it is anyway. That's few three to four hours uh, or three hours before the race is just like the ultimate nervous tension, and yeah. it's a real high. And and once you get out there and start racing, just to let it all go, um, you know, it's a real buzz. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I was talking to you before. Um, yeah. <clears throat> you use Scott Molina as your coach. Yeah. And um, you're saying how you've just you did Eagleman last week a few couple weeks ago, and you had a really yeah. good result, five uh-huh. fifth there. Um, you're saying you're really happy because your race was really good, and you contributed to Scott increasing. You're yeah, running, yeah? Yeah, totally. Um, I've kind of, my swimming's improved over the years. I, I really was. Yeah, you're a, like a motivation for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty always goes to me, you know, if Chris can do it better, then you can do it better. <laughs> for, for me, uh, swimming was, you know, it didn't come naturally at all. So, what was your first, like, kind of, I mean, swim? Uh, 110, I think it oh, was. Oh, wow. So yeah, yes. 110. And you're and now doing about a. About 50 minute? Wow. Yeah, uh, so somewhere huge. between 50 and 52, somewhere around yeah. there. Um, biking, I don't know, it just came naturally. I, I just got on my bike and rode a lot. And like I say, training with Molina, you, you ride your bike a lot. The guy, yeah. the guy loves to do it, and I love to do it with him. Um, but, but running, um, it just it, it was a struggle for me, being a bigger guy. It took me a long time to build the mileage. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so but just this last six to nine months, I've uh, built that run mileage, and hopefully it'll show, off on, on sun, or show up on Sunday. Yeah. Um, had a big PR of a 116 half marathon in oh, Eagle Man. That's, that's um, good. So, yeah, I'm hoping to kind of get around that 250 to 55-ish range on Sunday. Nice, nice. Yeah. What is your best time in Ironman? Our best time run-wise. is run-wise yeah. is 252, but yeah. um, more more likely around like the 259 to 304. I'm always in that region. Yeah. You know, to, to make that next step to a top tier pro... Uh, the swim and the bikes there, but I need to be running consistently 250 and under to to make that next step. And, and do you feel the gains? Like, okay, you've been pro three years, so you've made the commitment to uh, training pretty much full uh, time. Have you felt the gains? You actually feel the gains, or is it like you're just suddenly getting faster? Uh, that's a, a funny thing, actually. For me, I often have to look back um, where I was to to realise the gains I've made. Yeah, um, you know, it's all all perspective. I, I suppose you say that 
it never really hurts any less. You just get faster, yeah. and uh, sometimes you have to look back on where you were to realize the gains you have made. Yeah, uh, I suppose it's encouraging for the future as well. Oh, totally. Because you know if you can stick at it. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, so where's we from here for you? You know, it's uh, got rope coming up this weekend. What's the goal for rope? Uh, to just race strong and, and hope to see a you know a decent sized PR over the distance. It's yep. a fast course, yep. and um, been awesome, wor- yeah, hey. been working on my run. And it would suit you because the funny thing about this course is it's not as easy as you think, is it? The right course? Definitely not. I've been here for a couple of weeks and ridden around the course a bit and it was not what I expected at all. Um, It suits a strict rider, doesn't it? Yeah, totally. um, If you can get up over a lot of the rollers and uh, just with that strength riding perspective, it it is a fast course, but if you're having a bad day on the bike, it's really going to show up. yeah, but for Roth, I, I mean, to go top five here would be amazing. Yeah, because um, it's strong, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, very deep field. But yeah, I definitely want to be in that. Um, my goal is definitely to be in the top ten. And, yeah. you know, I hope to come back next year. And Felix Volshoffer here puts on an un- you know, unbelievable show. Yeah. And he's uh, one of the, the unique race directors that truly supports a, a true professional race. Um, so. What's that like? Because you know, like I, I haven't experienced a lot of races yeah. really, you know. But uh-huh. you've now spent a lot of time racing. Do uh-huh. you notice the difference? Uh, it, it's like night and day. Yeah. Um, the the difference between you know certain races uh, that they they're an age group dominant kind of bottom line. The biggest bottom line is the best. Yep. Um, compared to Felix here or in Europe in general, um, where the professional race is a true. It's really appreciated. Um, the people come out to watch it. You know, the race directors enjoy it. Yeah, um, yeah, you, you get it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's hoping to be a, just a, a part of the race again next year and nice. go from there. And then yeah. so and then after the road for the rest of this year, I'm doing uh, Ironman Louisville in Kentucky. Yeah. Um, that's the first w- race WTC you're putting on outside of Hawaii. Um, and yeah, doing that at the end of August. Nice. Um, and then go on to Hawaii, and, uh, and hopefully that swim and uh, swim and bike is there for, for the race. It'll only be six weeks after Kentucky, but yep. just want to go there and you know experience it, try and try and be a part of the race, and you know hopefully in a couple of years to come, uh, that's the ultimate goal to be to be standing on the stage there yep. in uh, in Hawaii. And if you can do that, you you can make a true living out of the sport. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so um, just while you're here, do you want to support your sponsors? Who does sponsor you? Um, I've got on the spot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who is it? I've <laughs> uh, got some, some really faithful sponsors in Jagged Clothing, um, based out of Sydney yeah. in Australia. They make really cool stuff, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, and just to, to go through a list, there's like RNA Cycles in New York City, Look um, Cycling, Head Wheels, um, Fuel Blue, Blue, 70 wet, <laughs> Blue 70 Wetsuits, yeah. um, Fuel Belt, Spook, which is a, a pretty new company in the triathlon that... Uh, Make helmets and sunglasses. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yep. Um, so and uh, yeah, this I'm on the spot here. <laughs> yeah, I can't really. Sorry about that. Yeah, I'm sure he loves all his sponsors. <laughs> hey, well, thanks for your time today, mate. I really appreciate it. I'm sure our listeners really appreciate hearing your perspective on on the world of an Ironman. And uh, good luck this weekend. And Thank good luck you very for the rest much. Of your season. And uh, I know us Kiwi listeners follow you really keenly. Eh? And everyone's uh-huh. like, when well, you guys, Cody Brown's like, oh, how's he make it out? <laughs> so, so that's really great, mate. So thanks for your time, and we'll catch up maybe in the future. Thank you. Cool. That was Chris McDonald. Next up, we have Thomas Hellriegel. Just before we start this interview, I have to say we're in a cafe right now, and it's not the most quietest cafe of all time, so I'd just be aware of that. There's lots of background noises. But next to him, I'm quite fortunate to have one of the legends 
in the Ironman sport. Um, Thomas, now you're going to say your last name. Thomas Helrigel. Helrigel. I, I struggle with it. And uh, he's over here doing rote. And um, for those of you who don't know much about Thomas, well, he's a bit of a legend in the game. He's won Hawaii. What year did you win Hawaii? I won in '97, uh, and I have uh, eight times uh, top ten finish in wow. Hawaii wow. straight in yeah. in a row. Eight yeah, times in a row. Yeah. Wow! And uh, and he's won six altogether six Ironman races around the world in his career. Um, so, w- what was it like winning Hawaii? Of course, uh, it was the my biggest goal, and uh, uh, I was very young, so uh, that was of course very nice. I was uh, just 26 years old. Yeah. And but after that, it was of course it was harder to continue because I was uh, I have reached everything yeah. I wanted, and yeah. then uh, for example, the year after in '98, it was hard for me to motivate for the training, yeah. and and uh, because I. I didn't see the deep sense of it, but then I felt uh, that it's uh, very good for me to train more or to, to keep uh, training. Yeah. And uh, I just feel better and uh, I still uh, like the sport and so I could, uh, continued. What are your favorite races? Uh, Hawaii is still my favorite race, yeah. but I also like some other races here. For example, Road is a very nice course, but I also liked Canada a lot and Lake Placid was a fantastic race, I think. So there are quite a few really good races. So as an athlete, um, how, where were you? What kind of athlete were you? Like you know, like were you a strong swimmer, runner, runner rider? I, I okay. I started uh, with team handball, and I tried athletics and tennis and anything. Yeah. But I couldn't find the the thing for me. It was really fitting, but. Uh, then I started with swimming and I really liked it, but I was not uh, very talented. But then, uh, because of another swimmer of the club, I started with triathlon and uh, I, and I, yeah, I loved it. And it, the funny thing was, uh, swimming was from the beginning uh, not my strength. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I, I really liked the bike and the running. And I, I in the beginning, I was uh, running was my best uh, of the, out of the three. Yeah. And uh, so my bike uh, got better when I did more mileage. And uh, now uh, when I'm older now a little bit so my swimming has improved a little bit oh, okay. so now uh, swimming is um, also better but uh, the running is maybe not that strong anymore at the moment so did you when you first started out did you get straight into Ironman or did you um, we're just getting hot chocolates right here okay. um, that's right that's good um, yeah okay they have, don't have any green so but it's, it's okay. um, so when you first started out um, did you get straight into Ironman or yeah, I started uh, triathlon because of Ironman. That, really? Uh, so because I, I saw it on TV and uh, I, of course we had the race in Germany and so uh, that's, I thought I, I have to try this if, it, if this is possible for me to do. And I started in 89 with the sport and in 1990 I raced in Rot. One year later I raced here yeah. and I was 19 years old and uh, I just wanted to see um, if I can do this and if I really like it. Yeah. And of course, I, I knew it was not good uh, when you are so young and race Ironman distance. So uh, then I didn't race Ironman anymore till '95. Oh, okay. Uh, so I, I, yeah, I started to do more Olympic distance to get more speed, and then in '95 I came back on the long distance. But I always wanted to do Ironman distance, not uh, never 
really love the Olympic distance. Yeah, yeah. But I knew it's it's Good better yeah, yeah. to have more speed when you are young and then. Yeah, so so you, you're one of the four and, and the day when the record went last time, um, when Vic Van Lee took the record at 7.50, and you were saying before, you, what, you rode 8.14 officially, but they actually included the transition. Yeah, that was also a discussion some years later, because uh, Jürgen Zeck, um, uh, he, he, uh, he said uh, he has the record, but uh, it was that, then it was without uh, t- uh, transition. Then, of course, uh, I think he was a few seconds faster, but of course the transition here is two minutes or something, yeah. so uh, I don't know. I think officially he has the time, uh, the yeah. record here on, on the course, but uh, when you see that it was uh, without the transition, then you know it's... Uh, yeah, definitely passes. Uh, yeah. But what was it like that day? You guys were firing it. Like, what was it like? Yeah, it, it, I think it was a special thing because... Uh, if it would be like um, if Faris Al Sultan would be here, Norman Stadler, yeah. and we would we want to to break Maka here yeah. on this course. Yeah. That, that was about the situation in '97 when Luke van Lierde came here oh, okay. and tried to uh, came here and win on German soil. And yeah. of course, all the Germans we want to uh. show who is the boss here at yeah. home. And that's that was not uh, one minute where it was about tactic, tech, uh, tactics or yeah. anything it was just everyone was putting yeah, yeah and we knew he is a very fast runner so we put up uh, after the swim we catched him and we we didn't wait a second and we passed him and we go uh, as hard as possible all the time because we knew he will run very very fast yeah. and so and i think that's what you need to uh, to break the record you need uh, no tactics, no playing around, yeah. just go. As, yeah. And then it was, of course, it was good because when I was like drinking or just uh, not being not concentrated for a second, Jürgen passed me on the bike and got faster and faster when he was not concentrated or yeah. then I passed him again. And so that's that's what you need to have a very, very fast time. Yeah. So that day, what did you end up doing time-wise? Sorry? What was your time that day? Uh, uh, 7.57. So what was it like coming in 7.57 and you came fourth, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, you have to think about that. <laughs> Just one year before, I was uh, sick. That was my the first time I couldn't uh, race. race yeah, uh, uh, yeah I, I couldn't even start the oh, race. Okay. I couldn't come and I saw Lothar breaking eight hours on TV and I knew that I can do it yeah. because uh, the year before I was very fast already and, and, um, and then after that I really improved and so... Uh, I felt much better because in '95 I just came back from the Olympic distance, so I, I didn't have so much endurance yeah, like in, in, yeah. in '96. And then in '96 I knew. And then I won Canada in '809 and broke the record by 20 wow. minutes. And I did '806 in Hawaii, so I was wow. very very fit this year. But on in Hawaii in road I couldn't race, and I saw. Lothar on TV breaking the eight hours for the first time wow. and I was sitting oh shit I, I, I could have done it I have the legs to do it Yeah. and then one year later I did it but I was only fourth place and that was very very hard it was nice to see the, the watch yeah. when I finished yeah. but still I knew I, was, I wasn't even on the podium yeah. so that was very hard but then in the same year I won Hawaii so I was it was a an extra yeah, motivation well, yeah, yeah, for it, yeah. October. If you could take away, I suppose it's the main yeah. thing. So, so obviously those are highlights of your career. What um, what did you do for training wise? You know, what, what, even today, what what has been the fundamental to you being a successful triathlete? Uh, I think of of course the 
the volume of the training is an important thing of course because it's the race is eight hours and then you need of course uh, to do some distance yeah. I think that's yeah that's very important I think of course it's uh, it's not good to do crazy stuff that you make yourself more and more tired but yeah. you have you have to do the distance I mean that's that's it's not uh, helping when you are very quick on shorter distance but you can't do the distance but but uh, of course uh, you have to mix it and uh, I think it's also important to listen to your body uh, what can you do what can't you do that I think this is better than to stick to a, to a program all the time yep so um I had an interview with Mecca last night and he plays the mind game he loves the mind game did you like doing the mind game or, or how did you kind of mentally play the game I think uh, before the race you should think about different situations what can happen on, on, in the race yep. and because uh, for example for me uh, I was never a, good, a very good swimmer but I was very strong on the bike and usually then after a while I catch the guys on the bike yep. and, but you should also think for example that you can't catch them or that, that uh, maybe it's not happening then, because then when it happens uh, actually in the race you are not so surprised and you're not so disappointed yeah and so you, you should think about things like this before and then when it happens it says okay I, I can't catch them on the bike but my running is will be even better because uh, uh, they go too hard yeah. usually they they are not that good and now they're going over their limits maybe and then you can come back in the run and so if it if you don't think about that before uh, it can really uh, uh, break you mentally yeah. and so I think you should do that before and then uh, you will be fine in the race did you play games with other athletes like did you you know were you cocky or you know what I mean? Like, did you did you play that game, or were you just quite reserved? Or uh, yeah, sometimes we do things like this. But I think you should be in a good position to, yeah. to start. <laughs> I mean, Maka, he, I know, I remember he was, you know, he's often yeah, when he races, yeah, when he, when he was waving when he first races Ironman Hawaiian, he was waving in the camera yeah. and the TV and then he had to stop after yeah. 3k I mean you should be sure that you can uh, finish uh, finish the race you know b before you do that yeah so I don't like that too much but sometimes it's uh, good to to show the others that that you are still strong or that you uh, uh, still not that tired yeah. you know that that can help of definitely you can break them a little bit yeah did um so, oh, I was talking to you before, and you're saying how you're commenting on Cameron Brown, and you're saying how for a long period in your career you never got injuries, and you've noticed as you got a little bit older that's starting to come up. Why, why first of all, do you think you didn't get injuries early on? Um, I think uh, it's a lot is about the nutrition. I think um, because of course the training is hard always. You know, if you do, it doesn't matter if you do more speed or more distance or whatever. You know, it's. It's it's hard for the body, yeah. and then you need uh, good fuel. And of course, uh, you, you can go and have fast food every day. You will still race fast, but in the long term, uh, your body will miss something. And yeah. then, and I think uh, then the body shows uh, it's too much, and I don't want anymore. And it, the body can show that of. Uh, in different ways, you know, some they got back problems, yeah. some they got with the stomach, or 
some they are just tired you know but so but it's uh, at the end it's a sign of the body it's too much it's I, and it's hard to, the training is very hard and I don't get what I need to do all this training and so I think uh, in the long term it's important to to uh, yeah when you have a Ferrari you don't put the diesel yeah. in it you know yeah. you you need a super plus yeah. <laughs> or octane booster whatever yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah you need good fuel and we big on flexibility and massage uh, I don't like <laughs> I don't like stretching a lot oh really no, uh, no I uh, to be tr honest, uh, I don't stretch at all. So, <laughs> so, but I think it's not that important because compared to uh, sprinters, for example, we are very, very slow. You know. Yeah. So uh, I mean, if you if you uh, run a three-minute pace, uh, which yeah, it's it's eighteen. Oh, three minutes. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's it's uh, it's eighteen seconds per one hundred meter. Yeah. And this is slow. I mean, yeah. it's twenty kilometers per hour, and we can't do that. Yeah. And uh, a sprinter is running more than thirty-six kilometers per hour. Yeah. And then in the Ironman, we we do fifteen maybe yeah. kilometers per hour or twenty-four seconds per one hundred. And I think for twenty-four seconds per one uh, for one hundred meter. You don't have to be super flexible, you yeah. know, in the, uh, the length and yeah. the movement. So, of course, uh, but my muscles are when it's warm, it's the muscles are usually soft and yeah. not. I don't usually don't cramp. So, yeah. so I'm and I'm quite flexible. So maybe I, I think that's not the limiting factor, yeah. you know. Um, who who were your favorite competitors? Who did you like racing against? Or who have you liked racing against? Yeah, I, of course. Uh, um, it was for me. It was great when I came to Hawaii '95. It was the last race of Mike Allen. Yeah. And then I, I raced uh, Dave Scott in '96 and '98. Uh, yeah. And uh, so that that was uh, fantastic as well. And, but then, uh, of course, it was often in Hawaii uh, the races uh, against Peter Reed, yeah. uh, which I really enjoyed. It was, uh, yeah, good, good races and uh, yeah, good memories about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. good. Um, so, what about the sport now? You know, like you've been in the sport for quite a long time now, and you're one of the more experienced heads. How do you see the sport as Ironman? What, what do you see the position of the sport right now? I think uh, Ironman uh, has developed very well, yep. so there are races now all over the globe and uh, especially uh, before there was no Ironman on the US mainland and yep. now they have plenty of them and they are all fully booked, yep. so, but, I, but I think uh, one thing is um, uh, like with the 70.3 the quality has to be uh, on the number one position yeah. and I think for example what the, in clear water the world uh, yeah. 70, it's, it's, it's bad quality you know yeah. not many athletes like that you know yeah. and uh, they should care about more about the quality and the quality standards and then look that there will be more and more races but the quality should be number one because when you have a bad image of, of, on the race then it's hard to yeah attract to, to go, go back to a higher standard so i think uh, they should uh, um ironman is a Top quality yeah. uh, logo, yeah. so and they they should care about that. How do you think they'll do that? Sorry. How do you think they can achieve that? 
Yeah, they they need uh, good races, like uh, good courses, uh, uh, not too much drafting, you know. Yeah. Uh, like Clearwater, it's of course it's a very very strong field and it's completely flat, mm. and then it's it's hard to uh, to yeah. to, ma to make a, f a real fair race, you yeah. know. So they maybe they should. Uh, of course, it depends on the sponsors and everything. But uh, if if the quality is bad, nobody wants to go there, and no, yeah. nobody wants to. Then it's uh, in the long term, it, it's uh, it doesn't help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, like you've, you you are towards the end of your, the later part of your career. How do you like you think that you'd be thought of as an athlete? Um, yeah, I, I still like the training and uh, and the racing and. Uh, I've been injured for a while and sick, and so um, at the moment I'm just happy to uh, to, ra to race again and and to travel a little bit, and so it's it's still exciting, and I I still like it a lot, and uh, I feel it's good for me when I train, and yeah. and so I, I hope I can have uh, one or two good more years, and and, and, and I think then it, it will be enough. And so once you get to the end, will you stop doing Ironman, or do you think you'll become an age grouper? Yeah, I, I think I, uh, maybe I will, I will become an age grouper. I, I, I like the idea actually, but there, I think there should be a little bit of cut, you know, after yeah. the professional scene, and then maybe I start in the uh, age group 40 again, or yeah. maybe age group 45. Yeah, I don't know, but there should be uh, a transition. Yeah, yeah. 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 So and I think I, I then I need uh, rest and uh, think about uh, what to do and what other things to do in life and uh, and then I, I think yeah maybe it's possible I uh, I, I will definitely uh, continue with the training. Do you have a, an outside job now or no you just pure triathlon yeah. still? I, I have done an education and uh, but uh, I'm uh, not working. Uh, no. Um, um, this weekend, what's the goal for this weekend? Yeah, uh, what I said, I was injured and uh, sick for a while and uh, didn't race well. And I'm, I'm uh, just looking forward to have a good, solid race and a good result and uh, maybe uh, a good time, a quick time. It's possible here on this course to uh, to have a, a good time and uh, yeah, and I just want to have. Uh, uh, a good experience again uh, after the illness and sickness and and uh, yeah when I hope uh, when it's uh, when it's a good day for me I think I can be top three maybe yeah yeah cool great well um, thanks for your time thanks for spending some time our listeners will really appreciate hearing from you um, we don't often get the German guys on here so it's great to be able to actually get you on the show um, good luck this weekend and good luck with the rest of the year will you go back to Hawaii this year yes you will yep. I just uh, signed this week oh did you because you don't have to enter because you want it yeah I, I write an email and, and then they say oh yes you're welcome and yeah. then right back that's fine and then, <laughs> that's good it's convenient and then, and then that's it for the with the yeah sign up <laughs> well good luck for the rest of you. what will you do after road have you got to, have you do some halves or yeah we'll do the 70.3 in Germany in yep. Wiesbaden yeah yep. nice and then lead into Hawaii yeah. well good luck for the rest of you thank you very much for your time today and I'm sure our listeners will really appreciate it and uh, we'll see you good luck on Sunday I suppose thank you bring it on so that's pretty much the show for this week. I want to thank our sponsors, Athlinks.com. I'm going with those guys first this week. 
One thing I've been doing with Athlinks while I've been away, and I think this is a really cool thing, is they have a journal entry, and I've, I've written it about three or four times, and in the journal entry, you can just basically write what you've been up to, and then that goes out to all your friends on the site. You can also maybe even email that, I'm not sure if you can do this, but you can tell your friends and family what the link to that um, journal is, and then they're able to go have a look as well. Now, the people who have a look at it can also add comments, so uh, on my ones I've been writing, people have actually been sending through lots of support, and I think it's really cool, I really appreciate all the support that all you guys have been sending me. So it's athlinks.com, the social network for athletes. Coffeesofhawaii.com, the world's best coffee, packaged to you all the way from Hawaii. Um, I'm sure most of you by now have probably signed up for the coffee card, but if you haven't, jump on for the coffee card. Uh, I don't actually have the website in front of me right now, so I can't actually choose a coffee for this week, but I'm thinking any coffee from Coffees of Hawaii is sensational. I'm actually off to LA uh, Tuesday, and I'm hoping I can hook up with Albert. I haven't actually talked to him about it, but if I turn up at your house, Albert, <laughs> i got to find out where you live, but if I turn up, you know, expect food. <laughs> no. Um, Yep, other than that, if you want to email us, we'll get, we're going to do a normal show next week. I've got email, I'm going to be in LA, but I'll get on with John and we'll have to do a normal show again. And that's pretty much us. Um, yeah. Thanks for all your support from, to me while I've been in road. It's uh, been really cool. I've just had so many emails of support and I'm really looking forward to racing. I'm feeling kind of amped right now. I'm over the tiredness. My body's getting that feeling when you've consumed all your food and you start to get buzzy. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Now it's just about bringing it on on race day. I'm really looking forward to it. The weather's a bit average, but they reckon it's going to deliver and be really nice on race day, so I'm looking forward to that happening. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. So that's the show for this week. We'll catch up same time, same place with Coach Daddy John Newsom next week on Ironman Talk. I'm Russ. I'm in Don't. Train hard, train smart, kia kaha. <coughs>